0: This podcast is brought to you by the Wharton School at the University of Pennsylvania. During the last couple of years with interest rates sinking, we've seen a lot of people looking to refinance that home loan they already had. Over 8 million Americans in 2020 last year moved to lower their interest rate and save money all over the life of the loan. But not everyone made such a move. Data from Freddie Mac showing that less than one quarter of of black homeowners who could have saved $200 or more per month by refinancing didn't complete the process. Meanwhile, almost, uh, or I should say, did complete the process. My apologies. Meanwhile, almost 40% of white homeowners in the situation did so. Ben Keyes is an associate professor of real estate at the Wharton School, and he joins us to take a look at this. Hi, Ben. How are you?
1: Hey, Dan. Great to be with you.
0: Uh, So interesting data here uh, that has come out, and I guess let's get your thoughts in general about why potentially we saw a lower percentage of black homeowners look to refinance.
1: Yeah, it's been a great time to refinance. Interest rates are near historic lows, and even this week, they're still hovering right around 3% for a 30-year fixed rate loan, which is you know, in the grand sweep of of mortgage finance, extraordinarily cheap. And if you're willing to um, refinance into a 15-year or or a hybrid uh, adjustable rate loan, rates are even lower. So it's a great time to refinance, still a great time to refinance. Thinking about why there may be some racial disparities, you know, I think there's some basic risk factors that inhibit refinancing, like having a low credit score, a high loan-to-value ratio, um, or a disruption of income, and those are more likely in, in um, Black and Hispanic households. Um, you know, the unemployment rate still remains nearly 10% um, for African Americans in the U.S. Um, coming out of COVID, um, I think there may be some other factors as well. But I think as a starting point, just thinking about those those main risk factors seem to be big drivers.
0: Well, certainly when you think about, you know, the people that were hit hardest by the pandemic, you have to look at at people of color. So that alone would be a big challenge in itself right now, Uh, as you said, with that unemployment rate being uh, into double digits.
1: Yeah, I think that's a big part of it. And that's certainly a a fact, you know, a factor uh, in explaining these differences. There's a really nice new research paper by Lauren Lambie-Hanson at the Philadelphia Fed and co-authors which suggest that once you control for those risk factors like low credit scores or maybe high loan-to-value ratios, um, that there are uh, you know that those can explain a lot of the differences um, in refinancing before the pandemic. But, but since the start of the pandemic, um, that doesn't explain all the difference. And I, and I think some of this may be a function of um, just measuring incomes and, and employment disruptions. But I think there's another factor which um, is related to just how tight mortgage credit is right now. And so mortgage credit is perceived as being very tight. Um, yeah. it it's, can be a hard time to get a loan, and there are a lot of hoops to jump through when you're refinancing uh, a mortgage. You have to um, pay some upfront costs and fees. You may have to get title insurance again, which is a whole other conversation <laughs> for another time. Um, so a bunch of upfront costs. And I think that for, um, for non-white uh, homeowners, they may feel like you know it was already a big burden to jump through those hoops once before, um, yeah. and so it may not feel like it's worth the effort, or they may, may be worried about being turned down um, if they go and apply again
0: how does the issue of having a a history with a bank or a, with an institution impact that potential final decision to get a refi
1: yeah but one of the other things floating around here is just trust right trust in the banking system trust in the in the mortgage finance system and if you feel like you've been treated poorly in the past or you're skeptical of of refinancing offers right i mean refinancing offers are are one of these financial um options that feel too good to be true, right? You can lower your monthly payment um, by a substantial amount, often two or $300 a month. Um, and, and so that, you know, if you're skeptical of of the banking system and you think that a lot of the offers that you're seeing out there are scams, um, it can make a lot of sense to be hesitant. And so it, you know, I really en- encourage people to, to shop around um, with reputable sources and to go back to their bank um, where they already do um, some of their other banking, so where they already have a bank account, banking account, checking account, um, a credit card, um, and talk to them about refinancing. Because some of the issue is is about trust and and making sure that the offers that you're you're getting are, are 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 really on the level and and aren't in fact too good to be true.
0: Fannie and Freddie do have programs to try and help this process out, correct?
1: Fannie and Freddie do have have programs but they're a little bit slow to get going and um and they still have some restrictions on um on who is eligible um and so those are certainly worth looking into um but i think at this point you know the the biggest um, boom of refinancing has waned a bit and so my sense is that mortgage brokers um, and and lenders have a bit more um, a bit more capacity at the moment to be fielding phone calls and to be answering questions. And so I think, mm-hmm. you know, asking the banks um, directly what programs um, folks qualify as is probably a good direction to go into. I, you know, I, I always think of mortgage refinancing as as the the one financial decision that households leave a lot of money on the table um, mm-hmm. by failing to take advantage of. And so with all of the Uh, you know, personal financial advice, you can get out there, you know, cut back on your Starbucks purchases or whatever. I mean, those are just, you know, a drop in the bucket compared to um, locking in a long-term low mortgage rate um, for your home.
0: What about this idea of automatic refinancing?
1: Well, I think, you know, all these frictions that I've mentioned, right? So you have to re-qualify for, you know, the home that you're already in and you're already making the payments, um, but all of a sudden you have to re-qualify for a mortgage. Um, yeah. it feels very artificial because you know what you're trying to do is lower your risk right And lowering your monthly payments, you're saying, well, I can already make my payments today, so of course, I can make um, even lower payments and so you know it, it would be interesting to see some experimental um, programs that um that innovated a bit with uh, with automatic refinancing and um you know this you know right now what you have is is a system that's set up um, so that there are some big barriers to refinancing. There's informational frictions. You need to get information about what's my existing rate, what rates are available in the market. Um, then there's this active um, you know, active uh, participation on the part of the mortgage borrower who needs to go out and, um, and do the shopping, find the best rate, fill out the paperwork, get the home reappraised, get their credit checked, document their income, all of these things represent barriers um, and frictions to um, to smoothly refinancing and what it means is that you know the the efforts that the Fed takes to, to lower interest rates and monetary policy doesn't pass through to those households who um, who have uh, mortgages but don't take advantage of refinancing and so if there were ways to make this more automatic and more streamlined, um, I think that would benefit a lot of households.
0: You mentioned something I wanted to bring up anyway, the appraisal issue because. People forget, I think, at times that when you go in for the refi, you have to get the reappraisal done as well.
1: That's right, and it's expensive, right? So you're going to have to pay an appraiser to come out to your house um, and and reassess the value of your homes. And, you know, there's, I think, uh, a growing body of research which suggests that um, black homeowners' homes are, are appraised at a lower value than white homers, homeowners, all else equal. Um, and so, if, if you think about all those barriers that we just that I just rattled off, um, you know, I, I think those do disproportionately fall on people of color. And, and I think um, finding ways to um, to lower the barriers to refinancing is is a really straightforward way to deal with racial inequality.
0: I was going to say what yeah what what can we because I would think some of this really has to be. Uh, kind of a, a structural change uh, in the industry moving forward, correct?
1: Yeah, I mean, if you were to make refinancing automatic, um, you would sort of have uh, ha- have sort of a different type of options pricing that would that would be um, that would be present in the mortgage-backed securities market. Um, so, if, if Fannie Mae or Freddie Mac uh, or the FHA were to pilot an automatically uh, refinancing mortgage, so say a mortgage where if rates fell by 150 basis points or something like that then the the mortgage would automatically adjust you know they they have the systems in place to automatically adjust payments all the time they have adjustable rate mortgages where the the rates can adjust every year so so in terms of the servicing process i think it's pretty straightforward i think the challenge is more on the investor side so are investors willing to um to price and and understand the risks that they would be facing um, well, if they yeah. were to buy into a pool of these mortgages. and and I think it's something that's really worth experimenting with. I mean, there's just a real shortage of innovation. And as we see, you know the the stepping down of the the head of the FHFA, I think there's the potential for someone to come in um, to that space and and really reinvigorate Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac as engines of innovation and mortgage finance.
0: yeah, I guess Ben, has the perception been then, Uh, For the most part that, you know, going with, say, a 30 year and locking in and and not worrying about the adjustable rate mortgages, that's the safer option. People are more worried about the adjustables going higher than obviously we've seen over the last year and a half where the rates have obviously have sunk quite a bit.
1: Yeah, I, mean, I think that it's been a very popular and safe choice to take the 30-year fixed-rate option. I think if you're refinancing and you have fewer years um, left on your mortgage, so say you only have 20 years left on your mortgage, you can ask your lender for a 20-year loan. Um, you can also go to a 15-year loan, which is another popular mortgage product. I think I think for a lot of people, and especially young homebuyers, a 30-year fixed-rate mortgage is not really the right product for them. They're unlikely to stay in the home for those 30 years, and essentially they're paying to lock in that rate for a number of years where it's very unlikely that they'd stay in the home. So if you're in a starter home where you expect to stay in that home for only 7 or 10 years, I think looking for an adjustable rate mortgage that's usually called a hybrid uh, adjustable rate mortgage that gives you a fixed rate for, say, 5, 7, or 10 years and then adjusts, um, is a much better way to, uh, to lower your upfront housing costs. And there's, there's about a 50 basis point gap uh, most of the time between a 30-year fixed rate and a 5-1 arm. And so that's going to save you on monthly payments every single month over those first five years.
0: And, and I guess it got about 30 seconds left, Ben, because I think this becomes important, especially if the Fed's not going to raise rates, say, till the end of next year, the beginning of 2023, interest rates are probably going to stay pretty low. I
1: think that's right. I don't have a crystal ball, but it does seem like interest rates are going to stay fairly low on the mortgage side. I doubt they're going to plummet back to where they were at, you know, two and two and three quarters or even yeah. slightly lower. So I think locking in a rate around 3% seems like a fantastic option.
0: Ben, great to have you with us as always. Thank you, sir. Yeah, thanks. Great talking with you. You got it. Ben Keyes, associate professor of real estate here at the Wharton School.